Yes, I want to thank you, Hamilton, for this beautiful rendition. I can, I can tell you that is beautiful to hear those, just to hear those notes all played in perfect order. It's indeed a blessing to be here today in a special way. We celebrate uh, families that we have, families that are here. Some will be going back home to, over to Salt Lake City. Others are here and they'll be making travels in the coming weeks. As we gather here today, I want to give you official permission during this service to go to sleep. If you want to take a nap, feel free. Uh, that includes you, John, over there. I'm talking about little John here. He can take a nap. You don't need to elbow him, Maggie. Just let him sleep. So if you want to take a nap, feel free. Uh, because our service today is going to be talking about sleep and the importance of it. You know, we spend one-third of our life sleeping, one-third. Um, and some sleep a little bit more than that, and some, they sleep less than that. Our current culture doesn't sleep very well. Uh, we go day and night. The reason is technology, knowledge, entertainment, information. We seem to be so busy, we don't sleep. But the thing is, sleep will finally catch up with you, and you have to sleep. Well, in the scripture, this wonderful scripture that takes place, we see this story taking place, a little story, but it has profound impact upon how we understand life. First, it's the story of a journey. It's a journey from here to there. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. So where he was, he was doing ministry. He was sharing parables. Now he's about to go across the Sea of Galilee, called the Sea of Tiberias, to the other side. And of course, um, since he had called fishermen, they had a fleet of different little sailing boats and others. And so there they are, the disciples in one particular boat, and Jesus is asleep in the stern of the boat. They leave the crowds behind. They're taking a journey. Uh, there were other boats, of course, because there was an entourage of following everywhere Jesus went. There were his inner disciples. There were others who followed. Um, and so they're all going over together. And as they start to go over, a storm happens because a storm always happens. It's not that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. We can't help it. Uh, but if you haven't gone to sleep yet, just try a little bit. Just try to nod. Just close your eyes and Try to find some calm in the midst of this. If you snore, don't worry about it. And we're not going to we're not going to bother you. In the old days, churches had people with long sticks that would go up and down the aisles and pop people who went to sleep. <laughs> we don't have people like that. I think we have some would love to do that. Maybe Frank would love to do that. I think, and I and I think some others would. Maybe Brad and a few others. Uh, but we're going to let you sleep today. And Jesus. While this is taking place, the storm is building, the waves are pounding into the boat. Jesus is asleep. And he is really asleep. He is just dog tired, we would say down home. He, he's just tired because it, it says in scripture that Christ, he slept. Uh, he found his rest. The only time he didn't sleep that we know of in the sense of the normal sleep was when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he stayed awake while the disciples went to sleep. But in this case, Jesus is resting and he is there and this furious squall has come up, this, this storm and the waves are breaking over the boat and the boat is almost 
it's almost turned over. It's, it's almost shipwrecked. It's about to go down. Understand the Sea of Galilee is a very deep sea. To go over there would be life-threatening. And the disciples, they're, they're afraid, and, and, and they're trying to wake him up, going, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So the journey now has gone from going from here to there to now to a smaller journey inside the boat, going from where we are to where Jesus is. So it's gone from a big journey where we're going from here to there, and now we're dealing with the immediate journey. Uh, I think some are starting to nod off now. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, Mr. Danny, you can go to sleep if you want to. Sam, I, I know you can. And... Uh, uh, just feel free. Uh, just take a nap. Today you have permission to take a nap. Don't take a nap too long or the ice cream will be gone after the service. Jesus is asleep. And they're waking him up going, Teacher, you, don't you care if we drown? Which to me, it, it's just sometimes I bet Jesus just laughed at his disciples going, what is wrong with you? Now, he didn't say that. Scriptures don't say that, Nathan. There's no biblical basis of that. That's an isogesis statement, which means I'm, uh, I'm extracting and putting words into Scripture, which we're warned not to do. But in this case, uh, I'm putting it there because Jesus just had to think to himself, what, what is wrong with these disciples? I, I'm trying to catch a nap. I'm trying to catch a nap, you know. My children are, you know, bad about that. They'll, they'll say, are you asleep? And I'll tell them, no, I'm meditating. Uh, and, and they say, you seem to be asleep. No, I'm meditating. Last night, I was able to walk through the house. Uh, it was pretty late. And, um, um, and I was looking, and all my children are home. Hannah, she's been doing ministry up at Lake Junaluska. She changed 50-some diapers the other day. <laughs> <laughs> You, you have to do that a lot in ministry, I, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, and of course, we have Andrew going into his senior year along with others here at our church, all of our marshals and all of our wonderful students and children. And then we have Leanna. She's home from Kuwait. Um, and she's here, and, um, and we're so glad to have her. And that's why I loved Hamilton's rendition, because that sounded like Leanna years and years ago before uh, all, all the other times we heard her play in symphonies. And as I walked through the house, I looked and each one of the children were in their own bed. And that doesn't happen very often in our family, the way we're scattered here and there. And they were asleep and I was just so happy. I was filled with joy, they were sleeping. Well, the disciples, they weren't filled with joy, they were filled with fear. They're afraid and they're crying out and they're waking up Jesus. Uh, and I don't understand why they don't understand Jesus is in the boat with them. It, it, it confuses me. Now if, now, if you're nodding off, you need to stir up a little bit now. You need to wake up a little bit because this is an important point. Why do we get so stirred when things in life seemingly are going wrong and we feel like we're all alone and we're up against it and there's no way through it and how we're going to make it? And we forgot Jesus is with us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. That was the last real thing he said to us before he ascended back into heaven. He said, I'm with you. Now, of course, I'm teaching Nathan uh, some of our talk here, and so with you becomes widget. 
And, and, and he's catching on to that. Isn't that right, Nathan? You're catching on to widget. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he's, even, he's even starting to sound like me. Isn't that scary? Well, when you go to Duke, don't do that too much or it, it, it won't work out too good, you know. Because if you tell a professor that Jesus was with you, uh, if you say widget, the professor won't know. He'll think it's some sort of type of Greek or something like that. And so Jesus, what does he do? He gets up. And, and he doesn't even talk to the disciples when he gets up. He just gets up and he rebukes the storm. He rebukes the waves. He says to the waves and the storm, the title of the sermon, Peace, Be Still. He says, peace, be still. Now understand this isn't an incantation. This isn't some magical formula. It's not something he's saying to make the forces obey his will. He is saying things in their exact way they need to be said. He first says, peace. What he means by peace isn't just the lack of war. He means peace with God, peace. He's declaring peace, not only in the boat, but outside of the boat, not only in our lives, but outside of our lives. God is not just working in us. God is working in the world. His peace is not just here in this place with us. He is with us no matter where we go. He is in Haiti. He is in Kuwait. He is in Chapel Hill. And he's even in Durham, working peace. Now it's hard to imagine the peace because every time we turn on the news, all we hear is war. All we hear is trouble. All we hear are storms and waves beating humanity, constantly threatening our existence. Yet, Christ is calling out his peace upon us. It is a miracle we're still here. Every other planet in our solar system and the ones known in the galaxy and even the universe have been bombarded with constant uh, rocks from space and with, with rays from suns and, and life exists here. It's here because God has, has put a hedgerow of protection around our planet, around us. You can go back to sleep now. If, if you were nodding, you can go back to sleep because the preacher's not on a main point. He's on a secondary point, but it will become a main point, and I'll wake you up when that time happens. See, he's saying peace, and then he says to be still, and he's commanding the winds and the waves, and the winds, they, well, they die down. And the waves, they cease. And the sea becomes calm. And the disciples now are watching this take place. Jesus, who was in the boat, they woke him up. He took care of business. And they think that's it. They think, well, God, he did what God's supposed to do. He's supposed to come in and fix my life. Now it's my life to live. And God, you, go, go, you just go back to sleep. God, you just go back to sleep. We don't need you right now. We'll call you, when you just when you're needed. We don't need you. So you just go back to sleep. And that's what people do to not God, but to a demigod. What they do to a pagan God is we only use the God for our personal gain. And as soon as 
the God does his business, then we feel like we can just tell him to go away for a while and then come back. But Jesus doesn't have any of that. He says to them after the calm, he then speaks to the inner storm that's already inside the boat, inside the disciples, and they don't see it. They see the outer storm, but they don't see the inner storm. And then he tells them, why? You need to wake up now if you went to sleep. I tell you, I'm worse than a nurse in the hospital. I'm going to poke you and keep you up. Just when you get the nod off, I'm going to wake you up. Wake up, Jesus. about to make another important point. He says, why are you so afraid? It's an obvious question. Now, the disciples, they're, they're, they don't understand it. They didn't realize Jesus was in the boat with them. They didn't realize Jesus can be Jesus even if he's asleep. It's not like when we sleep. See, when we sleep, we're completely vulnerable. When we're sleeping, we're, we're, we're not even conscious. Some of us are, 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 are just so much in sleep that we're just uh, really in deep sleep. See, Jesus is Jesus even when he's sleeping. Jesus is aware of everything, no matter where he is, no matter what he's doing, because he's Jesus. And he says to them, why are you so afraid? Didn't you know I'm in the boat with you? What's wrong with you? Can't you see me? You came and woke me up. Don't you know I'm cognitive of what's going around us at this time? Don't you know the devil's battling us even in these moments that I'm trying to catch some rest? Even in these moments, this one third of my life that I'm sleeping, Jesus didn't take time off being the son of God because of human elements. Jesus is Jesus. And he says, why are you so afraid? And then he makes this statement, and it's a hard statement, and it's one that cuts to the quick. It's one that makes us face our own reality and our own mortality and our own sinfulness and our own fallen nature. He says, do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? The disciples are are stunned by this. They, they woke them up to calm a storm. They didn't wake them up to get preached at. <laughs> but I tell you right now, you can't deal with Jesus unless you get preached at. Because the very nature of Christ demands we are better. It demands that we wake up. It demands uh, that we face the truth that we need Jesus. And he says, do you not understand why are you still afraid do you still have no faith and the disciples are just they they're just speechless because here they are the storm is calmed and they look and they see it and it says that they were terrified they were terrified they were terrified what were they terrified of storm it was gone they weren't terrified of the storm I remember when I was a boy, uh, sometimes I got into trouble. And I would hear that door open and close to the house, knowing my daddy was home. Knowing my mama was going to tell my daddy I was home, or he was home, or I was there, and it was time to deal with Jerome. And I hear that door, and I'd be terrified. And dad, he would holler out, Jerome, get down here. I was terrified. 
And the reason I was terrified is I knew he would hold me accountable and understand he wouldn't let me go with a little thing. He'd make me work it off. He believed in digging holes and he believed in fixing things and mowing grass or somewhere you work it off, whatever you have done. And Jesus has calmed the storm and the disciples now are more scared of him than they were of the storm. And the reason is the storm could have just killed him. Jesus can do more. See, realize our Lord is the judge. He is the one that is our stead. He stands for us when God judges us. On our own merit, when we stand, if we stand alone before the judgment bar, none of us will be saved. Only those that Christ stands for will be saved. They were terrified because now they're knowing it's not just about this world, it's about the world to come. They were terrified because they dared to wake up God. Now, sisters and brothers, faith sometimes demand that we wake up God that we call out and wake up God. But I'm saying right now, if God is asleep until he comes again, let us be careful what we pray for. Because when he comes, it will be the judgment and our families and our friends may not be so fortunate as we who are in Christ. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Who is this Jesus? Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? It's an amazing thing in life. You wake up in the morning, you have a whole new day. In that day, you can do things, you have freedom, you have responsibility, you're part of something that's greater, yet you're also part of your own story. Most of the world is asleep in its own mind. It is asleep in its own soul. It does not see the imminent return of Christ. It does not understand the truth of getting away with it won't last much longer. Judgment is coming. Jesus is returning. So in this journey that we're taking from here to there, Christ is with us where we are and he is watching over us, protecting us, and giving us the opportunity to grow in faith in him. And he does that by that final word, which is calm. So I walk through the house, and all the children are asleep in their beds. There was a sweet calm over Spring Hill. Didn't worry about Kuwait, didn't worry about Chapel Hill, the mountains, didn't worry about schools, didn't worry about the border, didn't worry about the politics of our culture, didn't worry about the right and the wrong, the left and the right, didn't worry about the up and down, didn't worry about the storms, didn't worry about this morning. I was calm. And the reason I was calm is I knew we are not alone, for we are in Christ. 
and Christ is in us. That is the calm that only faith can bring. Now, those that have been able to catch a few uh, winks this morning, uh, I'm about to end, so you probably need to start waking up. I, when I was a boy, honestly, people, they seemed to sleep a lot more in the old days in church. I just, but I was sitting out there, and y'all may be more aware than I am of things. I remember one old man over at Kipling, and every Sunday, it's like he would sleep, and he'd just nod off. And he was always sitting in front of me, and he would just nod off. I won't say his name, but he's kin to a Johnson, but I won't say any more than that. He would nod off. And, and I would listen to Daddy, and he'd be preaching, and I'd sit there and watch Mr. Johnson, and he'd start leaning, and he'd keep leaning, and his wife was sitting on the other side there, and he'd get to a point that if, he, if it went too long, he was going to fall over, and his wife would pull him back. And I'd follow him out, you know, and Dad'd be at the back, and uh, Mr. Johnson says, best sermon I ever heard. He was a calm man. Let us pray. Dear Lord, let us see this moment of trusting in you and you alone for our salvation. Help us through the storms of life that we may know your spirit is present and guiding and protecting us each and every step of the way. And Lord, when the storms do come, and they do, let us know that these storms do not dictate our direction. You are the master of our fate and the captain of our soul. You are leading us towards the destination that we are called to, our heavenly home. And Lord, let us know that faith is that relationship with you in the boat that helps us get there where there is a peace and a calm in our soul. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen.